I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Penis man? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd see you again. Welcome to Lore Boys, the podcast where if you die during this podcast, you never get to see the next one. And uh, every episode gets harder than the last. And this is the hardest one yet. It's our roguelike episode where we talk about the history of roguelike games and how they came to be. My name is James Miller, and I am joined with... I'm Ethan Palmer. Uh, once Pete's done introducing himself, I do have a question, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, my, my name is Peter O'Donoghue. Uh, hello, everybody. It's the number one fake history podcast on the internet, as far as we're concerned. I have a question as well, so I'll let Ethan go first, and we'll see if we had the same question. Is roguelike the Dark Souls of game genres? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. What's your question? Because <laughs> uh, you said this is the podcast where if you die, you don't get to hear the next one. And I'm like, that doesn't have anything to do with the game. That's, that's just a grim that's, fact. That's every podcast, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fact about life. This I episode, guess. we're gonna we're gonna go through like the what made roguelikes like the genre, and then at the end there is like a list of basically different uh, categories, and depending on how much each uh, game lives up to that category, the more of a lo- roguelike like it is. Oh, it's like booze. It's like oh yeah, that's don't worry, that's like just the white wine of roguelikes. That's only fourteen, fifteen percent roguelike. <laughs> A lot of folks think roguelike is like just because you're playing like a rogue where you're like sneaking around and you like kill stuff and if you die then you have to start over again. But that's not really why. There was yeah. a game called Rogue like way back in the 80s. I'll just go out of the here. I don't like to get political, but uh, the people who think that are dumb. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like a 40-year-old genre at this point and a lot of people have kind of lost the lead on on where it came from, I guess. I fair, uh, yeah. Is it yeah. is dark souls a roguelike i uh, it would probably be it would have roguelike um elements and it's always up to you there's like x amount of things it has to live up to and it could be a roguelike or it could be a roguelite if you feel like it's not is, up to enough is super mario brothers a roguelike uh so they say that even if you like have every element of a roguelike it doesn't mean you even are a roguelike so it's so up to the <laughs> it's like it's like a roguelikes are like a religion which yeah. is like a bunch, a bunch of disparate rules it's oh, just yeah. like yeah and then these apply but only on this day of the week so oh, yeah that's it yeah only only when we want them to <laughs> <laughs> exactly depending on who you ask you've yeah. got the lutheran roguelikes and then you've yeah. got uh... <laughs> the protestant roguelikes and the puritan yeah. roguelikes and <laughs> It's pretty great. The Quakers left roguelike for the new world. Right, right, right. Jews are, uh, the Jews are, uh, they used to believe in roguelikes, but then uh, when Jesus came, they were like, well, that's not a roguelike anymore. So any roguelike with Jesus in it is not canon for the Jews. (laughs) That's, I only know of one. It's probably uh, blasphemous. Oh, true. Wow, there actually is one with uh, (laughs) actual. (laughs) 
canon Catholicism in it. Yeah, so th- what? There's like a lot of games that could be considered roguelikes. What are some roguelikes that you guys like today? Uh, VeggieTales, the roguelike. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I and this kind of I was thinking about this before we started the show. Like, is Hades one? We also said is is Hollow Knight one? I, like, I yeah. Now I don't know they anymore. Can, <laughs> they can be, and we're gonna go through every all the elements at the end of what makes a roguelike according to um, a conference in 2008 of game developers. They they set up this scale called the. Let me. It's the at an international. It's the Ber, the Berlin interpretation of roguelikes. Okay, well, thank God that they spent time doing that. Yeah, well, important. Yeah. What, what, it, what is it? A chess opening or something like the Berlin interpretation? <laughs> well, we'll get to it. But I just, yeah. right now, on a on a on a big grand scale, I want to know what kind of roguelikes you guys are into, just yeah. so yeah. we can come back. To I'm them locking later. in. I'm locking in Hollow Knight. So if it's wrong and it's not a roguelike, you can call me an idiot at the end of the episode. None of it's wrong. It's all up to our interpretation. I'm, so I'm ready to be wrong. Like you like. <laughs> okay. uh, I would say Prey Moon Crash, which is currently like my favorite piece of software, is a roguelike. Cool. Uh, and I played Hades for three and a half hours straight and never touched it again. It's also fucking fantastic. But I'll lock in Prey Moon Crash. Nice. If anything could be a roguelike, then I'm going to say uh, I like a nice uh, Greek salad with some feta. You know, that's my favorite roguelike. <laughs> I had yeah. some last night, actually. It was very good. Did you have it in the shower? I did not. <laughs> no, I, I ordered it. A guy brought it to my front door. He made it for me, presumably in his own shower. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, yeah. I should hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some roguelikes that you guys might have heard of, um, Binding of Isaac, Hades, Spelunky, Rogue Legacy, Enter the Gungeon, Dead Cells, Hollow Knight. There's there's like a ton of them. Uh, even Diablo, uh, in some ways, can be considered a roguelike or a roguelite. Uh, where did the genre come from and what makes up a roguelike? So there's five canon games uh, for like the history of roguelikes. Um, that the scale that they developed in the Berlin, uh, it was based upon. Okay. <laughs> Is it's it West called, Berlin or East Berlin? When the, which on which end? Which side of the Iron Curtain did they decide must, to roguelike? It must have been West, right? This is in two thousand eight, yeah. so the the curtain oh. had fallen at this point. Uh, Curtains <laughs> go up, I think. Well, I don't sure. know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't didn't look, look up the politics. I mean, it depends because, like, the end of a show, the end of a play, if the curtain comes down, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was like. I don't know. <laughs> but if the Cold War, if the Cold War was a stage play, then the end of it would have ended with a curtain call right <laughs> I, don't yeah. know. I, want, I wanted to talk about fun games not depressing politics uh, but, <laughs> but uh, it's all okay, interpretation okay but yeah. i mean to, to this point i'm a little oh, sorry i'm a little confused because you said it started in the 80s but we're in 2008 right now so so you guys gotta let me finish a sentence and it will well, all make sense. <laughs> is there a way that we could still cut you off before you finish the sentence <laughs> and get the information that we want so we're gonna get there really really fast okay. so the canon okay. games are roguelikes uh so there's adam which is adom ancient domains of mystery angband angband dungeon crawl stone soup net hack and of course rogue and and these games they were started in like the the 80s moving into the late 90s even in the early 2000s and in 2008, there was a developers conference, and they wanted a more narrow definition of roguelike. And because variations on rogue introduced a ton of new games. And at the International Roguelike Development Conference in 2008, held in Berlin, Germany players and developers established a definition for roguelikes known as the Berlin Interpretation. 
So it has a bunch of high value and low value factors, uh, basing these lists on five canon games. So this was based on Adam, Angband, Lindley's Dungeon Crawl, NetHack, and Rogue, which we're okay. going to talk about all of those. And then we'll go over what makes up a roguelike. If okay. you guys want to go through what makes a roguelike first, we could do that. No, that's but, fine. Okay. Uh, you just told me it was going to be at the end of the episode, so I wanted to ask a bunch of questions about it at the beginning of the episode to get on your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get there. We'll get there. So basically, we're just going to talk about the games. Um, and then at the end, we can go over the list and see how it measures up to something like Hollow Knight or Spelunky or whatever you guys are interested we'll in. Do our, we'll do our own uh, Bechdel test, basically. Yeah. Cool. We okay. could even just put real life through it and see how roguelike real life is if we want. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. So the interpretation was to design to determine how roguelike a game is. A missing factor does not eliminate the game from being a roguelike, and possessing the features make a game, uh, like, just because it has the features doesn't make it roguelike either. So John Harris uh, of GameSet Watch was the one who rated most of these. Uh, so Dungeon Crawl, Lindley's Dungeon Crawl and NetHack had 57.5 out of 60, where like Toe Jam and Earl and Diablo had like 30 out of 60. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like they, they have a way of, of measuring it just to see how much it's like the original Rogue. Have you guys played the original Rogue? No, I have, I have no idea what we're talking about. You sent me in the 70s? You sent me a very it's... cryptic screenshot during work today, and I was like, cool. Yeah. So these old games, like, they're all, like, ASCII um, exploration games, like, heavily based on D&D. So, like, yeah. a roguelike really felt a lot more like an RPG back then than anything else. Because it looks like submarine radar, what you showed us in chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so before Rogue, uh, pre-Rogue, I guess, there was, like, no... This game didn't have direct impact on Rogue's creation, but there was Play-Doh Dungeon Crawlers, Pettit 5 in 1975, uh, D&D, or the D Game of Dungeons, 1975, which is just an adaption of, of Dungeons & Dragons into games. Okay. Um, they were a lot of like text-based stuff with like yeah, 40 yeah. to 50 rooms. Have you guys played any text-based stuff from back in the day, like Zork or anything? Yeah, like I, when you open a GOG account, you get a couple like for free and there's a couple other free ones that are just like on gog that you can download that i they are beyond my level of comprehension i have been, i have been spoiled by the use of my eyes on graphics <laughs> and shit so i can't, I can't do the text-based yeah. text-based adventure game at all have you tried any ethan uh i don't think well i mean no like none from like back then i've played like a few and i'm trying to remember their names now but like there was always some like online sites not like Newgrounds, but there were sites like Newgrounds that would let you just do these these flash ones. And I remember we would do, or not flash ones, but text-based ones. And I remember we would play them during uh, my 11th grade computer science class because I finished all the homework in the first like month and a half. <laughs> and I had just had nothing to do for three months. Nice. We played Wait. Tron, uh, the bike game too, yeah. in that class. I remember yeah. that was fun. I actually did finish one once. There is a full text-based adventure fantasy game within Fallout 3, I think. That you can find and play on one of those retro ass like atomic PCs. <laughs> so I be, it's it's like Grognak the Barbarian or something, and and you can play through that entire game. Nice. So I beat Grognak within yeah. Fallout Three. <laughs> There's one uh, that's out nowadays. Someone made an AI that they fed a bunch of these games into, and it's based in Python, and you can just write whatever you want, and it will react to. You. So like my friend was playing one and he's like, I punched the ground and it opened a black hole and swallowed everything up. And then the computer actually describes the black hole and how you pass out within it and stuff. I think it's That's called Adventure uh, with a capital. Uh, 
exclamation mark after i mean not a capital so you so you yeah so you said adventure but what you really meant was adventure yeah, you, did a, you did a question mark not an exclamation point yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so these games uh these types of games are what kind of influenced it uh there's will crowther's and don wood's colossal cave adventure in 1977 uh do you have you guys heard of anything no. about that it nope. sounds it sounds like the made-up golf game from the simpsons lee carvey's putting challenge or whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, i dropped a picture into boys chat just so you guys can see it's basically like ms paint okay. uh, up top and then like text based underneath yeah oh, okay it looks like um if anybody i know like uh fragile shark had been playing wasteland 3 wasteland 1 came out like 40 years ago and it looks a lot like that as well yeah i like it yeah, the so- screenshot you sent us uh there's a he the guy hits a roadblock because he doesn't know how to spell light he wrote he writes lit He's trying to say light lamp, but he writes lit lamp. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's just like end of your progression if you don't know how to spell light. <laughs> yeah, it must have been tough like to get the right words and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it's based on... Uh, this is like a kind of a wacky game. There's It has none of the normal mechanical trappings of a roguelike other than permadeath. So when you die, it, it flips. You have to start over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this established the theme and the tone uh, and the adventure of an underground cave system. Uh, there's funny ways to die. Like you can come around a corner and a little dwarf walks around a corner, saw you and throw a little ax at you. <laughs> and then you either die or it missed and cursed and run it away. And <laughs> cute little things like that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next up is, uh, beneath Apple Manor. And this is in 1978. What are and you doing this- in Steve Jobs basement? It sounds like yeah. a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> it that is Steve Jobs house. <laughs> yeah. Just denim and turtlenecks as far as the eye can see. <laughs> you have to solve the turtleneck puzzle yeah <laughs> yeah where turtleneck not yeah. like not not a command like um uh 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 uh, uh, uh it, iron turtleneck no no that doesn't work no, either yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat it's turtleneck tur- you eat the turtleneck like oh okay yeah, you eat the turtleneck yeah. i never would have thought of that uh, make turtle turtleneck soup <laughs> <laughs> Beneath Apple Manor is in 1978, and it's the first game to pull all the roguey bits together. Uh, I had a randomly generated dungeon up to 10 levels deep, so this is procedurally generated for the first time, which is really cool. Uh, and it's either shown in text or graphical tiles, and the graphical tiles is actually like way ahead of other games. I'll po- I'll paste it over. Everything else ends up being like, oh, pardon me. I had to take off the push to talk to get it in there. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was just about to say, like, Jamie is, is the host, and he's Jamie pulling up the clips all by his own today. Yeah. He's, he's, he is DJ and host. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's like a, what, oh, like yeah. a 10 by, or a 15 by 10 grid or something like that, and you just have little uh, little tiles, and you have a little dude who's, like, squatting with a sword and a shield. Yeah, and, and then three bored-looking slimes all around them. <laughs> aren't, sli- aren't slimes always bored-looking, though? No, the dun- the dungeon uh, Dragon Quest ones are all very cute and very happy to try and kill you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one, uh, this game, like it's the first one with graphical tiles, which is huge because once we get to Rogue and the other games, like they don't even have graphical tiles. So this is Apple had it all figured out like way ahead of time. Clearly, is Apple Manor? It's so it's it, it sounds I guess just because it's in a in a in a house. I assumed it was a horror game, but it is very distinctly just another fantasy roguelike. Yeah, it's fantasy. Like okay. it's turn-based combat. Um, so you you go down. There's a fog of war, so you won't really see the room until you get through the next uh, door and things like that. 
Uh, you have to explore rooms, open doors, collect items and treasure, battle monsters. And uh, it's very D&D-esque where you have to... I think there's even uh, dice rolls there. I see D11. Or maybe that's the the grid that they're on. Uh, but I know... Oh, like Battleship, yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. But either way, it is turn-based combat where you have to fight little slimes and you can attack, you can hit, you can miss. Um, it's, it's very much like uh, D&D. You can fall in love. It's it's just like real life, really. <laughs> yeah, it had a MacGuffin, a golden apple hidden somewhere beneath the matter in the manor. So that's what you're. Oh, uh, okay, that, that makes sense. This game didn't really catch on. It had all the makings to be rogue, but the problem probably was because it was exclusive to Apple II in 1978. So not so many people had the computer, and then even fewer were playing the game. Yeah. It was the 70s. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah. very much. Uh, at least we have, well, roguelike, I guess, with the benefit of living in this current present, roguelike does sound better than Apple-like as far as like a yeah. genre <laughs> of like repetitive fantasy games. Yeah. Think how world that, how different the world would be if uh, it was called Apple-like, right? Ugh, I don't want to. It's too dark. <laughs> it could have because this game is basically just as good as Rogue, if not better in some ways. And if it just would have caught on, then <laughs> we might be calling them... Uh, jobbies or something like that <laughs> who knows job likes yeah oh, that's just that's mmos yeah. <laughs> it's true uh so next up's rogue so rogue this is the game that made the the term rogue like and it inspired a lot of other games it was probably inspired by this game on the apple II, although they don't say it anywhere directly this happens like fairly frequently though like if you think about fps as you've got wolfenstein is objectively first but then you've got doom and then everything after that before it's a genre as a doom clone yeah yeah so instead of an apple clone you've got the roguelikes yeah yeah instead of a wolf uh, clone they're doom clones <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i pulled up a, a photo for you guys it is the one that i showed earlier and this is what the map looks like in the game not uh, as refined as uh, escape from steve jobs manor i'll say no no it is ascii art uh basically you are the at sign um the oh. percentage sign is like the next staircase uh the hashtags are little hallways and then the dashes and the lines like vertical lines are what makes up the rooms now i don't want to get political but people in the 70s are clearly idiots because the fact that the thing with color and graphics did not catch on and <laughs> what is just like two fists rolled across a keyboard was just like, yeah, man, this is the shit right here. <laughs> Genre defining. <laughs> it's really hard to imagine how you get something like Hollow Knight or Enter the Gungeon or any of that stuff out of this, right? Like yeah, this yeah. is yeah. what it's made and for. I, I guess just for the, for the listeners who don't know what ASCII is... Um, it's basically like they op they took a word doc and drew everything in the game using only dashes and at symbols and other other characters on a keyboard basically. Yeah. And then along the bottom it has your level, your gold, your HP, how much strength you have, um how much armor you have and how much XP you have. So it's very much Dungeons and Dragons. It's like they had the concept there but then they really just didn't give the graphics side any thought at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I if I had to design a video, I don't know how big the team that worked on Rogue was. Uh, Two people. They, I was going to guess, not very many, but like if I had to design a game, if it was you and me designing a game, James, it probably wouldn't be the prettiest thing out there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no. We could come up with a 
semi-decent idea and like have some semi-fun game mechanics i'm sure but like the graphics would be the thing that would absolutely hang us up and if we didn't oh, have yeah. a pete to step in and be like no this is ugly we'd probably be like sure ship it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll just, I'll just like cut out pictures of samus aran with corn arms and yeah shit. exactly <laughs> exactly one of the draws to rogue versus let's say the apple version uh or even future roguelike games is that the file size is very small and uh, they could it could run on almost any computer. So like oh, people, okay. whoever doing their bank jobs could pretend to pull up a spreadsheet and it looks like this and just play Rogue. You work. could you uh, could for sure play this on a TI-84, like 100%. You could definitely play this in Excel. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, had, I had a very similar little RPG game uh, in Excel at the, at the last office job I had. I had just, just with like controls and it was all ASCII as well, but you played as a, a happy face instead of... An an at symbol. Symbol. <laughs> oh, I've played something like that. Some would yeah. say that the happy face ba- does make more sense. Right? <laughs> yes. I don't know if it changes to like a like pursed lip face and a frowny face as your HP goes down. I didn't play much <laughs> of it, but you know. I played one of the first uh, RPG makers I've had from Hamster, like a smiley face, like yeah. default game that it came with. So Rogue is in 1980. Uh, it UC Santa Cruz students Glenn Wickman and Michael Toy teamed up to make a game that would randomize the maze layout and monster item locations in Colossal Cave Adventure. So they took they were just trying to build off of Colossal Cave Adventure. Um, they also wanted their adventure to incorporate D and D, so Dungeons and Dragons, and popular 1970s take text based mainframe game Star Trek. Uh, which where you had to wipe out all the Klingon warships across the galaxy before time runs out. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's what they're they were into, and uh, what this game is actually made on is a Unix programming programming library called Curses, and okay. Curses just makes you able to make pictures with ASCII art instead of starting from the top left and having to draw it all out. You can just put it wherever you need to. Okay. Okay. So that's that's it was a text mode paint tool, uh, and what's really cool, uh, I guess the the thing you're looking for in this is the amulet of Yendor. That's the MacGuffin, um, but that just is a call to adventure, so you can go deeper and deeper into this dungeon. Uh, and every time you played, the levels, potions, scrolls, weapon, object positions would all be randomized. So even them who were making the games for themselves were experiencing it new for the first time ever, and the mazes they didn't know how to get around them. Yeah, people are going to get bored of all these dashes if we don't randomize them, right? Yeah. So it's, we just, <laughs> replayability is a really big concern in okay. 1980. You've seen dash dash space 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 percentage space dash, but what about <laughs> dash dash you percentage can't space? You can't me anymore, old man. <laughs> yeah, kid in 1981. Yeah. He's got his backwards yeah. hat on. Yeah. Not only was there like um, diff- just a maze, there's also monster types. So you have to battle things by running into them. Is the percentage sign in the image you showed us a monster? Staircase, he said. No, so all of the monsters... Yeah, exactly. It's a staircase. Oh, oh, okay. And all of the monsters are different letters of the alphabet. Oh. So there's 26 monster types. You have to assassinate the vowels. They're the, they're the key targets. Yeah, they're the, the yeah. leaders. They, yeah. they tell the consonants what to do. The consonants are lackeys. <laughs> yeah. So, like, maybe you run into a G and you know it's a grunt. So, like, you could take that on at an early level. But if you see a D and it's a dragon, I'm just making these up because I didn't actually look up all the monster types. Oh, but okay. people had to know what the letters meant before running into them or else you'd get into a lot of trouble. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so like there'd be different scrolls and stuff you could pick up, but you couldn't on potions, but you couldn't see what the potions did unless you had a scroll of identification. So there's kind of risk reward. If you were like low health and you could drink a potion, it might heal you or it might kill you. And potion of corpse uh, explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rogue has permadeath as a design choice. So this is really where roguelikes are starting to come from. Uh, so it makes each action by the player meaningful. So if you lose all your health, you got to start from scratch and a whole new maze. Okay. Yeah. Just like real life. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, at one point, some of the university students figured a way to make a save state. And uh, the creators went and just reprogrammed the whole game so you couldn't have a save state anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no saving for you. You must die. That's such a crybaby developer thing to do. Like, no, you're, you're <laughs> enjoying my game wrong. Stop it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that that's Rogue, and it really started um, it started a wave of Rogue likes. The next one that was really prominent was called uh, Hack, eventually called NetHack. Um, I've actually and, heard of that game. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard the title. Yeah, it still exists and it's still live. Like people are are still updating NetHack to this day, and they fixed it all. So it it is text based. So like you have the the pound signs, and it it looks like ASCII art. But you uh, could also switch it out for actual pictures now. You can also still buy Rogue on Steam for three Canadian dollars if you're if you're into it. I wanted nice. to see if it was free, but uh, it's it's available out there, guys. Show <laughs> show Rogue some forty year old love, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So NetHack was uh, actually an attempt to recreate Rogue from memory because the creator Jay Fenlinson. Um, the guy, the creator of Hack, really wanted to play more Rogue, but he didn't have a copy of it anymore. And he couldn't <laughs> just get it anywhere. So with That's great, yeah, a few life, of him and his high school friends just made a new copy. Life, life before the internet, huh? Yeah, like, played it at a friend's house one day, and then that friend moved away. He's like, "Well, I'm never seeing that video game again." Like, <laughs> <laughs> there goes that five and a half inch floppy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they make it from scratch. It, yeah. It's so cool, which is fucking wild. Yeah. Well, no internet to distract you, right? No, uh, no, yeah, no Twitch so to spend fun. your time watching. Just like, yeah, yeah. No you thick Instagram porn and bury it. Yeah, yeah. It's not available at all times. Yeah, forest porn. Yeah. <laughs> I had buried porn in the nineties at one point. There you go. Yeah. You ever go dig it up like a time capsule? See how it's doing? No, it was it was like pages. We had found somebody had like destroyed a porn mag near my elementary school. So my friends and I had collected some like. Scrap. saucy shreds basically <laughs> you're like you're and taping we, them back together like a puzzle it, like it, a jigsaw it, it, <laughs> a couple of them yeah we'd hidden them in my buddy's treehouse, and then like like it was cocaine or something we were just like we got to get it the fuck out of here man and we, <laughs> we we buried it near like the water filtration plant in pancor <laughs> quebec okay <laughs> and then never went back for it well i know what we're doing this weekend guys <laughs> yeah <Yep>. boys <laughs> digging up that porn <laughs> I had a friend who would hide it in the top part of their barn, so we'd have to climb up a ladder and like look behind this squeaky board, and then there's, <laughs> there's pictures of naked ladies. And, nice, yeah. dude. Nice. It's very exciting. Almost as exciting as the game Hack from 1980 to 1982. Are you saying it's more exciting than stolen than than secret porn? Because <laughs> I would like to challenge that claim. <laughs> Well, well, like secret porn that you have lost and had to recreate yourself, Hack quickly evolved from a rough clone of Rogue into a game inspired by Rogue. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was perhaps the first true roguelike game um and it satisfied it was really satisfying in the same way as rogue were and it had better monster ai better level design and uh more elaborate maze and dungeon generation algorithms did it have visuals or was it ascii again still ascii like if Mm. you can play it today and they've made patches where you swap out the ascii for for tiles and it looks more like uh the apple version i guess can you get your ray tracing like rtx (laughs) mod for NetHack? (laughs) dude i played my 3080 in just so i could play a game from 1982 (laughs) install some shader packs and get get the real good lighting you know Oh yeah, yeah this doesn't look too it. bad. So this is like one of the more advanced versions of it. I don't think this is the 1982 version, but it's still uh, that's net hack. Okay, yeah, okay. that's like probably the late 80s version of it, which it looks a lot better than roguelike, um, or than rogue rather. Uh, you can kind of tell where the doors are. Um, you can there's a bunch more interactions. Like in the screenshot you shared, you find a, a genie or a gin or how do you pronounce that? A genie, genie. Uh, DG, D-J-I-N-N-I. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, if you free him, you get a free wish. So there's a lot of cool like role-playing interactions that can happen in NetHack that just weren't around in Rogue. The player character in this, I think, is named Foosh the Peregrinator. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so before starting the game, you have to choose your race, role, sex, and alignment. Or you can allow it to just uh, happen randomly. Okay. So you can be like a knight, a wizard, a rogue, or a priest. But there's also unusual rogues like archaeologist, tourist, or caveman. Okay. Uh, <laughs> caveman for me. <laughs> uh, the way that you choose your role in alignment will choose which deity that you serve in the game and how other monsters react towards you, as well as character skills and attributes. It really is an RPG, but if you die, you just don't get to keep playing. Right. Yeah. I've heard like more hardcore D&D players that I've known will actually shred their character sheets if they die in their campaigns. Yeah, I mean, in, in Dungeons & Dragons, I, the typical is, I like, shredding seems like a melodramatic, uh, like, it feels more symbolic <laughs> than anything. But yeah. <laughs> usually not playing your dead character is, like, the way it goes. Especially, like, yeah. in D&D specifically, so there's a lot of tabletop role-playing games out there. Uh, D&D is obviously the, the most popular one and so the most relatable one. Uh, but in D anD D specifically, like past a certain level, resurrection is is almost too easy. Like it feels cheap, um, oh. and, and like old older older versions of D anD D, so D anD D one and two and three point five, it was like it was harder typically. Um, but I like I homebrew most of my five E games to be like, no, you can't just like cast that one spell and burn up a diamond and then you you come back into the campaign because it just like it takes the stakes away. It's like yeah. The player, if you were a player and you're like, I know I can just get my character back, you'll be like, I will go talk to the dragon because I want to know what's going on. But if there's weight behind the decision to do it, it's just more interesting gameplay okay. to me. Yeah. That's totally why this like roguelikes took off because there are stakes. When you die, you don't get to keep playing. Yeah. yeah. And in NetHack, people still play it. And sometimes you can play a character for months and then you just, uh, RNG is really tough in NetHack. Like, you can step in lava and it just kills your character outright and stuff like that. <laughs> I was more thinking it's because it's set in the medieval times. You get a toothache and die yeah, when you're 31. Exactly. <laughs> I got I got drank poopy water disease and I <laughs> all my teeth are falling out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't eat anything. You got to find mushy food. It's like, uh, where's the mortar and pestle? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got a toothache. Roll for wooden teeth and whiskey. Yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. have both of those if you want to get 
right. Yeah, you got to find an old battlefield and and then you got to pluck some teeth off dead soldiers and you got to find a dentist to put them in your mouth and yeah, it's a big thing. Rinse them in a in a dirty river on the way there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the way your your wind condition for net hack is to make it all the way down um, and find the amulet of Yendor um, and Again? offer it to your deity. Yeah, so it's based off of um, Rogue. So oh, okay. he was yeah, he trying to really recreate weird. Rogue, but he yeah. he got really uncreative <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. He ended up making like a better version of Rogue in the end. There's like way more monsters. Uh, it's it's a lot more unique. Uh, it's more punishing as well. Uh, I had imagined it as like a 1980s sci-fi game because it's called net hack so yeah I thought like it was cyberpunk just, I, right yeah exactly yeah, yeah and yeah. it probably worked just as well too <laughs> yeah i was reading through the reddit stuff and i was like what are the differences between net hack and rogue and apparently net hacks just very like a lot harder okay. okay and um since it's randomly distributed like the the levels and stuff it's really punishing and it, it's attracted like programmer types especially in the 80s um, because it was a problem to solve. So they always had to be thinking about their strategy in the same way they would think about like reprogramming something. Like, okay. how do I overcome this this challenge? And I think that's where the net hack like background comes in. Okay. Okay. Because probably only programmers knew how to like launch games and play stuff in the 80s. Yeah, I mean there were that. a bunch of geeks pushing up their glasses instead of, you know, talking to girls. We're just like, and how do we remake Rogue? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got to look yeah. at it like a computer uh, programming uh, problem, actually. Uh, <laughs> the video game's not so not so different. Not so different. Yeah. So since they were so lonely, they also added in this <laughs> game uh, the accompaniment of a pet animal, unless you opted out. So you get a kitten, a little dog, or if you start as a knight, you get a saddled pony. Nice. Uh, Aww. And pets grow from fighting. Um, they can be changed for various means. And most of the other monsters also may be tamed using magic or food. Oh, so, cool. There's a lot more. This is just Rogue Plus, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess you could uh, say it's a bit of a roguelike, right? <laughs> You're it's right. a little bit like that. <laughs> In the truest form. Like, this Listen, is the German government different. hasn't decided what to call it <laughs> yeah. yet, so let's, <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. Uh, next up is 1990, Ang Band. Uh, Ang Band is... Is this a Lord of the Rings game? It is. Yes. Yeah. Oh. How did you How'd know? How did you know? Because Ang Band is from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're a smart man. Okay, what it's... what is Ang Band in Lord of the Rings? Uh, I think one of the Nazgul. Okay, like it's rules a... it. It's 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 an evil place. I know that. It's a fortress of Morgoth. Yeah, there you okay. go. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawling roguelike computer game derived from Umoria. Umoria and Moria is another one that's kind of in the family of roguelikes that I didn't really touch on too much. Okay, uh, cousin but... sort of thing. Yeah, it's it was J.R. Tolkien um, as well, and Angban just took Umoria and like expanded on it completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like we said, the Fortress of Morgoth, and it was originally created completely in ASCII, just like Rogue. Uh, let me see if I can pull up a clip for you guys here. There we Ooh. are. Well, I'm just so, getting a bunch of. Uh, I, I searched Angban, and I'm just getting a bunch of pictures of uh, Tolkien-esque fortresses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this one, uh, it's. Like it looks a lot more like a grid, uh, just like uh, the previous one we were talking about, NetHack, where there's like a period for every grid, so you know where you're standing, and the period's replaced by your little at sign as you move. Um, the oh, monsters yeah. are like T or different letters again. T for uh, troll or something like that. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. It, and he's a hobbit rogue vagabond, I guess, is like a class and a subclass or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a, there's a lot of classes in this one, which okay. is really cool. And the goal of it is to su- survive 100 floor levels. Okay. So there's a lot of content here. And the game's meant to be extremely difficult. So even the other ones were difficult. This one amped it up even more. Damn. Okay. So you start in a town where you can buy equipment uh, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a lot like the first Diablo where you start in a town and then you can kind of set off and go down all of the levels to eventually get to Diablo. Do you know which town it is? Does it say anywhere? Um, if if there is a town, I didn't write it down. Oh, uh, yeah. It just on that screenshot, it just says town. So. Oh, I'm going to guess it's just called Town. The Town of Town. Yeah, (laughs) Tolkien, famous for his uh, naming of villages and whatnot and creation of languages. Uh, You started Town. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how much roguelikes really just looked like old RPGs because it it really looks like, uh, I don't know, like an old Dragon Quest or something like that where there's just no graphics. And yeah, roguelikes are really tied to RPGs more than than I realized. Well, they seem to just be D&D or Lord of the Rings up until this point, right? Yeah. Yep. RPGs with permadeath, it seems like. Yeah. Fits yeah. the bill. Yep. So you walk your way through this ASCII wonderland. You get objects, enchantments. Uh, your attack and defense power increases. Uh, you can neutralize specific attacks from other enemies. Uh, the player meets characters, too. So there's like NPCs in this game. And you can find artifacts from Tolkien's Legendarium. And uh, it really, this is about resource management, this game. You have a certain amount of health points. You're going to have a certain amount of potions. It's about making it as far as you can without using too much and saving for the right times. Okay. That definitely, like I know we, we talked about Dark Souls earlier, that, that definitely has carried over, you know, into the, the decades, into, into the games of that genre. Yeah. You can even see from the screenshot, there's like wooden torches that have 1,500 turns of light and stuff like that. So if you're in a dark place, you have to be conscious of how much you're moving. And uh, it it would probably be very immersive for like the 1990s. Yeah, right. Yeah. 1,500 turns. Wow. That feels like a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This game was like meant to where you could beat the other games with 10 floors in like an hour or two. This game, you're meant to have like a campaign that lasted months. And stuff oh, like yeah. that. You, you say this would be really immersive. I think this came out four years after the NES and it still looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely played like turn-based text games and stuff like that whenever I was younger too, even in the late 90s. So I, I enjoyed them a lot. Um, so Angband was not available outside the University of Warwick until 1993. <laughs> okay. Um, but, <laughs> Thanks. <Very specific. laughs> it was from, for three years, it was just like on people's computers and being passed around. Okay. Um, yeah, they added undead creatures that like, if you had past characters and die, you could run into your old characters oh, yeah. like on a certain floor and stuff like that. Oh, that's neat. Th- yeah. there, that's, that's an element in some fucking Ubisoft zombie game that's that came out a long time ago on the Wii U. All right, time to find out what's behind this. Oh my God. Penis man? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd see you again. <laughs> it's it's me, me Vagina Man. <laughs> oh no, you're a zombie now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much. Uh, Angband, it was really popular in the roguelike genre, and it's considered like one of the more pure versions of a roguelike. 
Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. something contained entirely to a British university would probably get the uh, <laughs> unearned reputation of being pure and very good. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next one is Ancient Domains of Mystery. So this okay. was from 1994, but they've actually re-released it on uh, in 2017 on Steam. So there's an updated version. If you want to play this game, I'd say of any of the games, you play the 2017 version on Steam and it looks the best. And... Uh, it, it looks like just basically a game of Dungeons and Dragons with graphic interface. That's cool. And this yeah. like kind of reminds me of like Dwarf Fortress, which was in development by like one guy for decades. And then finally, I think it's like officially released or something on like on Steam. You can buy it now. Yeah. Yeah. Dwarf Fortress. Uh, I knew some people who played it. I've never really played it. That's like an MMO as well, as much as I know. Okay. I mean, so this one looks like a real video game. There's like sprites and yeah a map so you, and shit you can go back and play the ascii version still in the late 90s or you can play the 2017 version that just looks like a real game now yeah yeah you be the judge uh, this one actually had a story so you weren't just like trying to find the thing that's at the bottom uh, oh it wasn't just oh, what was it the the amulet of yangdu or whatever <laughs> in every single one of the games amulet of yandere yeah. right yeah the first yandere yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this one was, it, it's been described as a net hack from a mirror universe. It took net, net hack and twisted into something unique with a heavy influence from Omega, which is another game, elements of Angband and Larn, uh, which we talked about Angband, and computer RPGs mixed in for good measure. So it had a story. Uh, it actually had an overworld map, too, instead of just going down deeper and deeper. Uh, you have multiple towns, dungeons, clearings. Uh, there's this something that's evil. Uh, it's called Chaos. And it's like a sort of radiation energy that could cause mutations, both good and bad, which could in turn affect the story's outcome. So if you act in in chaos, then it can change the outcome of your story. Huh. Okay, it, so it's like an early come. morality system like within a game. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So there's like uh, one of the examples I saw is like if you kill a cat near the beginning of the game, it just like messes up your gameplay. Like you won't get the good ending anymore. okay well that makes sense all for that cat yep uh so this one made decisions like even morality important too not just should i pick up and use this item like how should i complete this quest should i do the good ending or the bad ending and uh it's pretty advanced for 1994 uh during the like older games that had a morality system that may have like had multiple endings if you would have asked me last week, I would have said Fable. Like, I didn't realize yeah. they did this earlier. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I would define older, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Email us if you if you guys know. The earliest yeah. that you can think of off the top of your head. No cheating. No Googling. Okay, listeners? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be honest. <laughs> Honor system here. Yeah. Do it from memory from your friend's floppy disk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, during adventures, you get to explore many areas with multiple quests, and the quests can depend on character experience, level, alignment, lawful, neutral, chaotic. Um, alignment also affects NPC and deity interaction. Uh, there's a bunch of different classes. This one really starts to feel like an in-depth RPG. And yeah, it but still, still, looks fun. still just D&D, though, as well. Like It's still just like a, a D&D adaptation with like a homebrew story. Totally. totally. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for this game. Um, if you want to play one of these, I would say this is the best one to come back to since it's been remastered so well, and it just looks like you're playing single player D anD D, which yeah. looks fun. Yeah, the remaster of uh, of the other ones is good, but like I don't know, the capital T instead of the lowercase T. The, I don't really like the change in art style. So yeah, that's <laughs> it. Why do they have to italicize every single letter? You know, like, yeah, what like, is what it? The I always have to play with my head cocked to the side yeah, so exactly. I can read it. <laughs> Those damn slanted monsters, man. Yeah, I'll yeah, wait like... for the PS5 patch before I play uh, Rogue again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever your character starts to be weak instead of uh, an at sign, it's an italicized at sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, like, <laughs> he to starts to fall over. Yeah. Uh, so next up is the last one. It's from 1995 to 2005, and it's called Lindley's Dungeon Crawl. Uh, it was actually... Okay. Re- renamed putting challenge yeah (laughs) it was renamed dungeon crawl stone soup uh from 2006 onwards and it is still being supported nice dungeon crawl stone soup is a much worse title i'm not yeah people mostly just call it crawl oh i've actually heard of that okay i I have also heard of crawling uh it's something my nephew does from time to time (laughs) <laughs> i've heard of both the, the game and the movie so. <laughs> but not the, I think the movies of, about like a, a korean alligator though is it's one of those like south korean movies okay it's specifically a korean alligator there you go yeah well i don't i didn't see the alligator's passport but it's a yeah. korean film about, about is, the, alligator. is the alligator north korean or south korean <laughs> it's a south korean one yeah. a south korean alligator okay yeah well, that's interesting I kind of want to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go <laughs> crawl the movie lore with uh, Pete O'Donoghue here. Yeah, it's this movie I have not seen. I'll, I'll totally, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, to be fair, uh, none of us have played Rogue. Nope. That's true. So and we're, we're doing okay. The skirmisher here in. Except you hit Jessica. Jessica is moderately wounded. Jessica hits you with a dwarven dagger. Jessica misses you. Aw, I miss you too, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so i just shared a picture of lin uh of Lindley's dungeon crawl uh it really looks like um chips adventure or whatever like that oh, game from chips challenges oh, man that was chips the Challenge. that was the shit windows 95 <laughs> yeah 98 maybe? You, 98 you just have single tiles everywhere and you move around and it's turn-based you can pick up items the whole unique thing for this is you have points uh that go to an experience pool that are related to the skill you are using a lot like um oh what runescape i guess to be better at chopping trees you got to chop trees Okay. Yeah. To be better uh, or at Elder Scrolls, right? As well. Yep. To be yeah. better at uh, hide concealing uh, porn that you found torn up from your parents, you have to uh, bury a lot of it by water treatment facility plants. <laughs> exactly. You you have to use your being an eight year old boy skill over yeah. and over and yeah, over again. The, then you the get more, more skill more you hiding use it, porn. <laughs> the more you use it, the better you get. Yep. <laughs> so these are the we've talked about the five games now. Um, so Rogue itself. Then NetHack, or Hack, as it was formerly known, Angband, um, Ancient Domains of Mystery, or Adam, which is the one that you can still play today if you're interested, oh. and Lindley's Dungeon Crawl. So, or the just God crawl. Hand, basically. The five fingers of the God Hand of roguelikes. Exactly. And these okay. are, are considered the purest of the pure of roguelikes. And then somehow we get to Hollow Knight, Enter the Gungeon, <laughs> or even Diablo 3 from these ASCII art things. We're Sorry. going from the Al Cool down to the Cult 45 yeah. of roguelikes now. Yeah. So I guess we'll go over um, what makes a roguelike. 
And this is the Berlin interpretation. So these are the snooty video game devs that just wanted to define everything. And this is how they defined it. Just got to put everything in a box, an ASCII box, don't you? A box box made out of vertical lines and dashes, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the canon for roguelikes is Adam, Angband, Crawl, NetHack, and Rogue. And this list uh, that I'm about to say, it determines how roguelike a game is, and it's inspired from those five. Uh, missing some points does not mean the game is not a roguelike, and possessing some points does not mean the game is a roguelike. So it's very up to interpretation. Um, so it's split into two things, high value factors and low value. So I'll go over the high value first. Uh, there's random environment generation. So basically, if it's proceduralized, then that makes it more roguelike. Mm-hmm. Permadeath, very important. Uh, turn-based, which is not one that you see. It kind of really feels like the old roguelike is turn-based, but nowadays it's a lot more just reactive. Tur- turn-based games are so few and far between now. Like even Final yeah. Fantasy is not turn-based anymore, and that was like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It, like I guess time is it. It's still like you have X amount of time, and you can do things, and your opponent can do other things, but it's not so clear-cut as I made my move and they made their move. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they were probably turn-based ASCII games because of the technology available, not, you know, not because it's like, oh, no, this is one of the tenets of the, uh, this is our interpretation of what a roguelike is. Yeah. So in 2008, when they made this, they still believed that turn-based is one of the the big factors in being roguelike. Ah, uh, yes. Old men still making outdated decisions in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Equally outdated uh, grid-based. So the world is represented uh, by a uniform grid of tiles okay uh, i is mine played... is minesweeper a roguelike <laughs> we should, actually after we get through this let, let's let's rate mine <laughs> yeah, really yeah, yeah 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 because okay. i i think it checks all three of those boxes permadeath technically so turn-based because there's only one point like it's just your turns right and yep. then there is a grid base okay hold that thought put I'm a pin holding. in it i'm holding okay it. okay yeah <laughs> so complexity um, the game has enough complexity to allow several solutions to common goals. So this is obtained by providing, uh, providing enough item and monster item, item interactions. So like you can get the, the final item by talking your way through it, let's say, or killing the final monster, or maybe finding a different item that makes the monster run away. Like Ganondorf with the fishing rod or yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, resource management. Uh, you have limited resources. You got to manage them. Uh, hack and slash, so killing lots of monsters is an important part of a roguelike. Uh, the game is prayer, player versus world. There are no monster-monster relations like uh, enmities or diplomacy, but that I don't really think is that important. Oh, amenities? No, enmities. En- enmities? E-N-M-I-T-I-E-S. Is I believe the oh. word he was going for? That's that's right. I've never seen it before. It just came up. Um, It's like just being hostile. Okay. Okay. And then the last one of the important ones is exploration and discovery. So there should be an element of exploring. You shouldn't know where to go at all times. Okay. So, and then the, the low value factors are single player. Uh, monsters are similar to players. So rules that apply to the player should apply to the monsters as well. Uh, tactical challenge. Uh, you should learn about the tactics before you make any significant progress. So they're saying you should die if you don't know how to be tactical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ASCII display, 
which is Fuck so you. outdated. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, imagine Hades, but in ASCII. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is like we, if we still wrote things in Latin, just because yeah. like yeah, some yeah. old council decided that so we, it should be. Yeah. Uh, it has to be in a dungeon. That one I find is kind of outdated as well. Also very dungeon, vague. Think, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I think it still applies is because dungeon is just like, it has to be a certain environment that is, that is like regenerated. So like whether it's a space, like a space station or uh, a mine or, or just a traditional dungeon, it's all a functionally identical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last small thing is numbers. That numbers are used to describe the character, hit points, attributes, and are deliberately shown. So like D&D, you should know your strength is at 14 and your charisma is at 12 or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's all of the things. And the co- there's controversy about it. There's an article called Screw the Berlin Interpretation where Darren Gray uh, <laughs> calls it inaccurate and out of date and uh, unrepresentative of a vibrant and open genre. Like, I think... Hades is a roguelike, uh, but it might not meet every bit ha- of... Hollow Knight these. definitely is not. It's a Metroidvania, which is the thing that I was thinking of whenever we yeah. started yeah. to go into this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it's it really doesn't meet a lot of them, but it could be a roguelite in the way that if you die, you can lose everything, but you still maintain some of your progress, right? No, well, you, you don't you save lose... everything. You just lose... You just lose your money. Yeah. Geode, and you can even get it back if you kill your spirit. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, Hollow Knight would rate very low on this, so we could probably call it a rogue light, where it has like some elements, but it's really not anything, or just a Metroidvania. But it's not randomly generated either. It's it's no yeah, it's, aspect of that other than if you get killed by your ghost, you lose your geo. Yeah, the, I guess it's there. It is exploration based. Like you won't know your way around until you get around. But yeah. also, yeah. also the you have to die to like you have to fight some bosses that you don't know their patterns, and then you die, and then you learn their patterns. Yep. So let's do a minesweeper. Let's yeah. see how it, how it would rate. All right. Uh, should we should we like add numbers to each one and give it a score, or or just say yes or no the whole way? I I don't know. Do they have like a, a rating system? It's based out of sixty, but the numbers don't quite line up to what I. There's nine in the first category and one, two, three, four, five, six in the second category. Okay. I don't know how they get sixty out of that. Anyways, let's just say yes or no. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We'll say so. Wait, yeah, sure. Let's go. Yes, no. Random environment generation. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. The mines are always in different places. Always random. Right. So we're one for one. Permadeath. Yeah. When you die, you got to start over. Yes. Yeah. Minesweeper. It's two for two. Coming up hot. Turn. Turn based. Each command corresponds to a single action or movement. Yeah. The game is not sensitive to time. You can take your time to choose your action. Yeah. Unless, yeah. Because it's not sensitive to time unless you're going for a high score. Yeah, right. or, or speed run. So, yep. So that's three. Uh, grid based. Oh yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. Um, non modal. So movement, battle, and other actions take place in the same mode. Uh, things that break this is like stopping to go to a shop, or like in Final Fantasy where it zooms into battle mode and then goes back to open world. Uh, this is all one mode. I'd there's, say there's just one mode in Minesweeper. The yeah. Minesweeper yeah. mode. It's five for five. <laughs> I'd say. Uh, complexity. There has to be uh, several solutions to, to the same goal. No, there's just no. one one way to beat each grid. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you can come at. You um, can get there like, in different ways. Yeah, you don't have to put a flag on a mine if you're living on the edge, right? Yeah. True. And if you see a three there and you can't be certain, like which three are the mines, sometimes you have to build around the other way to find out. Yeah. True. 
Let's give it a no. Let, let's let's be a stickler. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if it has yeah. to be a, a sixty out of sixty roguelike minesweeper, but <laughs> we're doing pretty well so far. So we're yeah. what five out of six now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, resource management. You have limited resources. Uh, food, healing potions. So no, that one no, not so much. No. You got all yep. the flags. Unlimited life. flags. Yeah. 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 Five, unlimited seven. flags. Unlimited question marks. Hack and slash, uh, so killing lots of monsters. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> also, yeah. probably if anything, not. you're trying to prevent death by by pointing out where the mines are. Yeah. So five out of eight, uh, exploration and discovery. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that is six, six out, out of nine, eight. or six out of nine. Yeah. Six out of nine. So we got a sixty-six percent on, and those are the important ones. Uh, it's single player. Yes. Yes. Uh, monsters are similar to players, probably not, because there's mines no. versus people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that one. <laughs> Unless you are a mine, and that's that was they never said that the whole time. Yeah, or there's uh, uh, on the internet. Yeah, uh, no one knows you're a mine. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or there's a, a hidden monster who's the one planting all these mines, and you're trying True. to to rebuke them. ASCII display it might as well be. Well, I mean, was, <laughs> I mean, we gave it grid-based. I don't think it's ASCII. Yeah. No. So it's zero to three for these. One of the symbols I, is is a question mark, which is kind of ASCII, right? But yeah. yeah, it has to be set in a dungeon. So zero to four. Well, or like it, we said, well, who's to say where the mines are? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this okay. rogue government that put down all these mines without telling everybody is trying to blow up a bunch of bats or whatever. In yeah. A mine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who's to say? And the numbers are used to describe the character. I, it's not used to describe the character, but numbers are very important. There are you numbers in the game. HP. Yeah, you have yeah. one HP in in Minesweeper, though. I'd be willing to give it to us. All so right. I'm I'm giving it to Minesweeper. Minesweeper officially a roguelike. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. <laughs> it it honestly compared to some other games more so than Hollow Knight. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. closer than Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not willing to give Hollow Knight anything uh, on the on the rogue like. Yeah, just to show you how far like we've kind of strayed from the genre though, and like still call things roguelites. I think um, Hades is a roguelike. Like to me, yeah. it, it definitely is. It has random environment generation. It has permadeath. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not turn based. It's not really grid. It doesn't have permadeath. That's. So and what I have had what I had in my head before um before we did this podcast what my definition always was was roguelike is procedurally generated uh permadeath and roguelite was procedurally generated no permadeath like that was just how I split them So yeah that's how that's how people on the internet do it is roguelite is you retain some progress so you spend your darkness in Hades so you have upgrades that last forever yeah. Yeah. um but permadeath could be really just like, I guess your character doesn't die, but you do have to start over from the beginning every time you die. Yeah, but like, so like Spelunky, Spelunky 2, Spelunky and Spelunky 2, yep. you you like die and you, do, you don't get anything. There's no okay. uh, mirror of darkness. You don't get to upgrade weapons. It's just what you find on each individual run. You always start at the exact same point. Um, okay. Which is how I always, what I always considered a rogue like. And then if yeah. you, if you start at the, in the same room and like, you know, go through the same worlds, but you get to retain something and get to make progress each time you die. Uh, mm. I always called that a rogue light light. Okay. So the way that the, that these guys uh, define it, 
roguelike is anything that you think it meets enough of these criteria uh-huh. and roguelites are the ones that meet enough but you don't feel that it's a fully fledged roguelike Doesn't, game. You, you don't feel right about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very subjective. Yeah. So just morally just, the the UN would be all over the the Berlin Council if they, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they handed out too many genres. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love how they call it like the Berlin interpretation. Like it's like this yeah. big important thing. <laughs> well, it does sound like something from like the 1600s. Yeah, and it was in 2008. Anyway, just for the, just for like to show you how far roguelike has has kind of gone off from its original form. I want to get through all of them for Hades. So random environment generation. Is, yes, yes. permadeath. Yeah. No. Permadeath, sorta, but no. Like you do die, you have to start over. There's death, um, not permadeath. Yeah, you start over from the first... Get stronger. Yeah. You start over from the first level when you die is, like, one of the things in Permita. Okay. Um, Okay. So it's, like, kind of half. Partial partial points, points, yeah. Uh, Turn-based, definitely not. Nope. Nope. Uh, Grid-based, like, if you broke it down to the smallest scale ever, maybe. (laughs) I mean, that's anything, though. (laughs) 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 So, so far, we're, like, one and a half. uh, Non-modal. Um... So actually that one is good because you don't like switch to battle mode versus you kind of have the town versus the, the battle place though. So, cause you've got one area where the gameplay takes place that is non-permanent. Cause you, I mean, you retain your upgrades, but like you don't keep everything you get in a run. And then when you're back at home, that is all permanent. Like your deaths are canon and everybody remembers chatting with you and shit. And they advance there. It's like two bubbles that exists yeah. separately, whereas the combat itself is just, is kind of alone, right? Yeah, I have no idea what modal means. <laughs> so yeah, like here, the way that they say it, it's like every action should be available at any point in the game. Violations to this are Adam's Overworld or Angbad's Crawl and Crawl's Shops. So like the fact that when you open the shop menu, it could be a break to this, but I'd say it's about half points like the other one. So it's like... Cause- because, like, in Hades, you can't swing your sword when you're in the house of your father. Like, you can only it's do true. it when you're out in the, the battle place, so. So it's probably... Yeah, you get grounded otherwise, and it's fucking game over. Yeah. Okay, so, so far, we have random environment generation and, like, half points for permadeath, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, complexity, you can have several solutions to common goals. Probably not no. in this one. Very linear. You gotta kill things. Kill I think things. The only- farm ambrosia, farm nectar. Just keep giving it to people until they like you more. Like, there's not even the- alternate ways to go about that, right? In the third act, you can fight the bull before actually fighting him in the final fight. But he just starts with like twenty percent less health, so it's not even a change in how you solve the problem. No, he doesn't. He starts full health when you fight him with Theseus. Not if you have fought him as the mini boss while you're in that level. Really, I have beaten yeah. that game like. Like over fifty times, I've beaten Hades like over fifty <laughs> times. I've never noticed that. I, that's something I noticed. Whenever you like run into him as a mini boss, when you fight him again, and you'll get a different voice line. He'll give you some sort of salute to respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he gives you. They give you like unique voice lines every time you meet them, right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, next one is resource management. You do have to met resource management. Your uh, you HP have- is a resource. Yeah, you have Ambrosia, you have uh, Darkness, and you can trade the resources. So I'll say that is uh, okay. Yeah, because you get you get HP and the money you spend with Karen, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of different resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we're at like two and a half. Uh, hack and Slash, you definitely kill a lot of monsters. So three and a half. Yeah. 
uh, exploration and discovery. I'd say there is exploration yeah. and discovery. Yeah, I'd say. Yep. yep. So we have like a four and a half out of nine where Minesweeper had a six out of nine. So we <laughs> can see how... Minesweeper's the better game. But so Mine, Minesweeper <laughs> just shut down, right? <laughs> I mean, my, Minesweeper, we said, was very much uh, roguelike, though. We said it here yeah. first on the podcast. Yep. Uh, so this just goes to show you guys roguelikes really have evolved. Um, the, where they came from is basically like these RBG turn-based ASCII art um, relics at this point. And Rogue, it made the permadeath popular and it gave the style of game. But nowadays it's a completely different landscape and roguelikes can be a lot of different things. And I think that's a good thing. You know what just popped into my head that's actually a lot closer to a roguelike probably than fucking Hades is? XCOM. It's grid-based. The missions are all random. Permadeath on your entire squad, who are all yep. random. Yep. I think a strategy RPG would actually fit um, yeah. roguelike definitions better than a roguelike these days. It operates entirely on dice rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you do get permanent character progression. Like, as soon as you upgrade to laser weapons, you guys keep them forever. But, like, if all your dudes die, they're useless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I, I would meet, meet a lot of them. I'd- yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the player is kind of in a weird position with XCOM because like you say permadeath, all your guys are permadeath, but it's actually when your whole squad dies, that's permadeath. Like when you lose the game, that's permadeath, right? Not one of your guys getting permadeath is kind of different. No, there is a doomsday clock that is exactly separate yeah. to that, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a couple levels to it, but I, I yeah. think it fits it closer than, than let's say Hades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only and it's more a uh roguelike if you play in Iron Man, right? Like if you don't play in Iron Man then it's less. Yeah, if, I don't have a constitution to do that. Cuz yeah, exactly. If you if you don't play in Iron Man then uh Firaxis will go and reprogram the game so you can't use your save files or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, that is all I have for uh, the history of roguelikes. So how different they are from back then to uh, who th- what they are today. And now you know a little bit more about the games that uh, created it. That's true. I yeah, do. And, and we also have like a, you, you now you have a checklist to judge games by uh, yeah. in your in your Steam reviews. So <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one was like a little drier than, let's say, my SCP joke in or my Earthworm Jim episodes, but I had a lot of fun researching it. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. thanks for that, James. You got anything you want to plug for the end of the episode? Uh, just check us out at loreboys.com slash about and get in the Discord. We have some new friends joining all the time, and there's a lot of chat that goes on there, and uh, even a Minecraft server that you might like to join. Yeah, another one. Another one. What about you, Pete? Anything you want to talk about? Plug this week? Shill? Check out at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram and uh, send us an email. Um, we were like, hey, let's do a mailbag because we got like a big shotgun blast of emails. Like, yeah, we'll save these. And then then you guys clammed up and I don't know what we did, but uh, just don't don't be afraid. Send pigeons for all I care. I, we all work from home. So yeah. uh, just do it. That's uh, contact at Loreboys.com is uh, the best way to do that, I think. Yeah, for sure. Or or like James said, you could just get at us on Discord and be like, hey, I want to ask you this question, and we might just be like, hey, we're going to save this to read on there. 
Yeah. Uh, but most of the time we're just chilling and, and chatting. Somebody asked us a question that we said we would read on air. And then I read it two weeks later and completely forgot we were going to say we said that. So then I just <laughs> answered it there anyway. Uh, it's the Wild West over there. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you like the show, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using and tell your friends and family. It helps a lot. Uh, we're growing every day and it's an exciting thing to watch. Uh, if you want to support us financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys. Big thank you to all our patrons out there uh, for keeping the dream alive, as it were. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't trust Patreon, doesn't believe in Patreon, we have always offered uh, Loreboys Prime, uh, which is our own kind of uh, patron service where you can send us something and we'll give you something in return for it. Uh, so this week we are collecting uh, hard drives and USB sticks and whatever kind of memory you guys can get your hands on. Uh, I'm plumb out of uh, hard drive space at the moment. Uh, and really, it's from the show. So what we're, we're offering something very special in return. Uh, the show is ending, obviously, because uh, we're out of hard drive space. So until we can get more. But I'm going to try and recreate the show purely from memory. Okay. And <laughs> I, I have a couple things I remember about my co-hosts, Jamie and Peter. Uh, and I'm hoping that I can find someone similar enough to them to... Uh, that I can use them in my new show, uh, which we're going to call uh, Galaxy uh, Network. And um, that'll, <laughs> that'll be the, the recreation of the Lower Boys podcast. So if you think you could do a good Jamie or a good Peter, uh, I have a vague memory of what they're like. So please send in your auditions uh, with a USB stick and you will have a chance to become the next uh, Galaxy Network host. Dude, I only have 26 letters and a horrible AI, so you guys can definitely get ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, I'm exactly like that, but with more color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just more color. They're both grid-based. Uh, they, they're both well, uh, Peter's modal, Jamie's non-modal. Uh, yeah. And I think that constitutes a lore constitutes. boys, a galaxy lore network boys. out. Uh, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rogue like rogue light, rogue like rogue light, yellow leather leather leather. Red la la red la 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 Rogue yellow yellow rogue. Rogue yellow yellow rogue. Sound check starts now. It's already started. It's begun. It's three seconds in. What are you gonna do? In Poof Avenue eight, bum blayers and developers bought a boo barrow definition. A boo a boo barrow definition. What a a what what definition? Pete's gotta say something. I was just waiting for, I mean, I wasn't going to talk over Ethan on the sound check. That's for the show. The show has to sound worse than the test. Yeah, but, well, no, it's good that we talk over each other a little bit. It's good that we get uh, solo samples and then also talking over each other because you know we're going right. to talk over each other yeah. on the show. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, we got all excited thinking we got it in a one shot, but uh, now it's taken us about 10. Huh? Mummy curse. Yeah, it's better to figure out now than later. You only have one um, one. <laughs> Screen now too, don't you? That was such like a scat man start of that sentence. Like, it's actually going to start it We're live. It's Saturday night. Sorry. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.